0: In a world called Craig's List.
1: (laughs) 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 da na 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 da da there was a mobster name of michael corleone <laughs> he killed his brother now we sitting all alone pick up the phone there is no tone <laughs> When you're a gangster, you had better watch The Throne. Original lyrics (laughs) to the Godfather theme.
2: Huh. Written by
1: me, oh, Craig Kukowski. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Craig's List, Craig's listeners. It is episode number 84, number 17 on my list. Wow, uh, man. It's... I've
2: been through a lot.
1: <laughs> You've been through a lot. <laughs> what about the Corleone family? Yeah. Uh Today we are covering a 1974 film directed by Francis Ford Coppola, winemaker extraordinaire. Yeah. <laughs> and this is The Godfather <laughs> Part 2. Uh It is a sequel to another film called The Godfather that we have not covered yet on Craigslist, but we might be later. Oh. So it was slightly weird to assign you the sequel before... The first movie. That was weird. Yeah. (laughs) But I hope you picked up on the story and didn't feel too lost, Carla.
2: Hey, I've seen both of these movies. Okay. I know what's going on. These
1: are American classics, American sagas. Uh, But to help us navigate through the Godfather part two, we have a guest. Never go against the family. (laughs) (laughs) Marlon Brando is here, ladies and gentlemen.
3: (laughs) Give me an orange slice. Uh,
1: uh, you know this man from the world of television and <laughs> podcasting, podcasting. And just Insta
2: stories, yep.
1: Insta stories, and just generally being a funny, funny motherfucker,
3: fun guy, a fun guy. I'm a mushroom, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Give it up for Steve Agee. Thanks, thanks, guys. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I feel like we locked you down for this movie like long a time ago, <laughs> a year and a half ago, yeah, maybe. It's been a while. Yeah,
1: I think I gave you some options, and you talked about Godfather Part Two being maybe one that you would like to do. Why, why yeah. was that?
3: I I love this movie. I oddly enough, I didn't see The Godfather Two until maybe like ten, fifteen years ago, and I and I loved The Godfather. It's one of my maybe top five favorite movies of all time. And, um, but you know, I was a kid when those movies came out, so Sure, I didn't see the Godfather till at least high school or maybe even college, and then, uh, I just had this thing where I'm like, you know, sequels are never right as good, it can't be as good. Godfather three, obviously that proves that, that theory, yeah, but um, so I just never saw it, and I think once in college, I tried to watch it, and I was like, what- what is it? they're flashing back to Don Corleone is a kid and I don't want his origin story. And yeah. and it, it just seemed like a, a slow movie when I was in college. And now I fucking love this movie.
1: The original, I think, is just shy of three hours. This movie goes further. It's about three hours and 20. Yeah. And as you said, it kind of jumps back and forth between two storylines. Mm-hmm. The young Vito Corleone, which is the Marlon Brando character. Vito Endolini. Vito Andolini, who is dubbed Vito Corleone at Ellis Island. <laughs> because
3: he's from Corleone.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just like Han Solo. Yeah. Going to flight school. Yeah. And his, his name was just Han. But he's going like if solo. my name
3: was Steve Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Steve I think Riverside, you would book yeah. so much more work. You would book leading man stuff based on the name alone. Steve Riverside. <laughs> you know, there was a version and I just found out about this like a month ago. They did a TV version, a TV edit. The of, Godfather saga, they of called the it. Godfather yeah. one and two. But cut in order, chronologically. So yeah. it starts with young Vito Andolini, Wait, that origin what? story. Yeah.
4: Why would they?
3: H- and then how goes would they to the that? wedding, all that shit of him back in in Corleone, Italy, and then it goes to the wedding, and then through the Godfather, and then to the rest of the Godfather too. Like it's literally in order. Yeah, and I heard it's amazing.
2: Did Coppola? I mean, he'd have to okay that, right?
1: Coppola did edit it, and they had shots that weren't used in either film that they incorporated into the Godfather saga.
2: How do you see that? How do you watch that? I'm
3: dying
1: to find a a copy of it. I don't know that they've ever put it out on DVD in that form, but certainly you could... Put in a bunch of discs and jump around to different (laughs) scenes, I suppose. Certainly.
3: (laughs) You got Final Cut or Adobe Premiere? Because I do
1: have the Godfather box set, which I believe has all the deleted scenes that were shown in the Godfather saga. I would say the one thing you're missing out on then. Is just the parallels between Vito, young Vito, played by Robert De Niro, and Michael, played by Al Pacino. The way they cut back and forth to kind of create resonance of their stories, you know, because they're basically the same age. They're they're men in their mid thirties, probably. Uh Um, That's one thing I like about The Godfather Two is how they draw the the parallels with editing. Yeah, but if you just want straightforward chronological storytelling. (laughs) Then The Godfather Saga so is the these, way to go. So this was
2: a book. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Mario Puzo wrote The Godfather, I believe, in the late 60s, early 70s. It was okay. a bestseller. And it was uh, uh, adapted by uh, Robert Evans, uh, producer at Paramount. Hired a young, hot Italian director, Francis Ford <laughs> Coppola. Uh, Coppola always had mixed feelings about making these movies. Uh that he you know, he wanted to do artsier stuff, but this was kind of his deal with the devil. Uh and also as an Italian American, I think he had mixed feelings about it as yeah. well. Which is why I think he really makes these movies about family more than the mob uh-huh. necessarily. Right. And we kinda of talked about this when we covered Goodfellas, that, that it's all a very much romanticized version of the mob as opposed to to the more gritty and Ugly version uh, in uh, Scorsese's movies, and so he had mixed feelings about doing the the sequel as well. But I, I read this little tidbit: uh, Coppola, having nearly been fired several times for the first film, was given a Mercedes Benz limousine from Paramount Pictures as a reward for the record success of The Godfather and an incentive to direct a sequel. He agreed on several conditions that the sequel be interconnected with the first film with the intention of later showing them together, that he'd be allowed to direct his own script of the conversation, that he'd be allowed to direct a production for the San Francisco Opera, (laughs) and that he'd be allowed to write the screenplay for The Great Gatsby, all prior to production of the sequel for a Christmas 1974 release. So he kind of cashed in all his chips. So he did this there.
3: conversation because of. He was allowed to Godfather, make the conversation
1: but... his, you know, more personal, artsier yeah, movie. Great movie. But to answer your question, the, the book, uh, the only part of Godfather 2 that was in the book is some of the early Vito Corleone in New York stuff. Okay. Is in the book. The rest was all created by Coppola and Puzo. The, the novelist, oh, okay. uh, wrote the screenplay for The Godfather. So they included too. him yes. in it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This movie was nominated for 11 Oscars, won six of them. The Godfather, by the way, uh, I forget how many nominations it got, but less than that, and it only won three.
3: The f- original Godfather.
1: Only won less than That's the sequel. Amazing. So the original Godfather won for picture, yep. actor for Brando, and writing for Coppola. Coppola did not win Best Director. He lost to Bob Fosse for Cabaret. (laughs) Wow.
2: So weird. That is so weird. And
1: both movies had three nominations for Best Supporting Actor. The first one had Duvall, Pacino, and Khan were all nominated. This movie was Michael Vigazzo, who plays Frankie Patanjali, Lee Strasberg, who plays Hyman Roth, and De Niro, who won as the young Vito Corleone. Wow, Talia Shire also nominated for this for Can't supporting actor. Fredo actress. wasn't
3: nominated. Yeah. It's crazy. That is insane. John
1: Cazale was never nominated for that an seems Oscar.
2: Really wrong. And
1: every picture he appeared in was a nominee for uh, Best Picture. Yeah, the Two Godfather movies, The Conversation, Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter and Dog and Dog Day Afternoon.
3: Wow, was he nominated
1: for Dog Day? No, no. should have been. What a- yeah.
3: That is
1: insane. So you finally got around to seeing The Godfather Part Two relatively recently, and were blown away right away as an away? adult. Yep, right yep.
3: away. Like, and I, it's one of those movies I, I I will often like put on at night and fall asleep to. Like, it, it really? Is long, oh my, it's comforting. not on purpose. I'll be like, oh, oh, I see. It's ten o'clock. I think I I can make it through The Godfather Two, and I usually make it like halfway. Um. I've not seen it all the way through in <laughs> probably like <laughs> two or three years, but uh, it's just so good. I would say
1: both movies are among the most quotable movies ever yeah. made, but maybe The Godfather Part Two has more famous lines. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not famous, but at least my favorite lines are, all feel like they're in The Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Do you have personal favorite quotes?
3: Um, I, I, I really. From God, I think more of my favorite quotes are from The Godfather. Okay, but I, I just love Fredo and the the whole scene where he's he's sitting in in Michael's house in Lake Tahoe and he's like almost laying down in that chair yeah. and he's just like a wreck and he's just like that whole speech about I'm smart. I'm smart. (laughs) (laughs) You're my kid brother. (laughs) I was passed over. You should have looked out for me. Yeah. It's such a sad character. Yeah. I don't know whether that was
1: Coppola or Cazal's idea to be in the the lower seat slumped over like that, but it's such a great staging for that scene. Like, he looks so powerless. Yeah. (laughs) He's trying to just, like, pick himself up off the back of that chair. and. Yeah.
2: I mean, he is the most memorable character for me because I hadn't seen this movie in like probably 15 years, but I still remembered so much about his character specifically. Mm-hmm. He's really heartbreaking.
3: I knew it was you, Freda. Oh.
2: <laughs> Although I did think, like I forgot how that all played out. I thought he killed him right after that, but he doesn't. It's like a he year or two. to wait till his mom like, dies. Yeah. <laughs> he
3: doesn't want his mom to yeah. have to suffer with losing a kid. And, oh, just... The fact that he can hold a grudge that long. yeah, And then just fucking have his brother killed.
1: Ugh. I really think Pacino's at the top of his game in this movie. Yeah. Big too. time. And compared to the Michael in the first movie who's a little more idealistic. Like he's the one who's kind of groomed for like mainstream success. Like the uh,
3: soldier, the war hero.
1: Yeah. The dad doesn't want him really in the family. He wants him to be a senator. Yeah. Yeah. And even says to,
3: uh, to his, his, well, girlfriend at the time, he's like, that's, that's not me, Kay. That's my family. And we're going to be completely legitimate.
1: Yeah. So Godfather part two is kind of an exploration of how this character loses his idealism from the first movie, loses
2: his morality, (laughs) loses
1: his morality. Yeah. And his face is kind of just a mask. Throughout this whole movie, like he betrays very little of what he's thinking. And so those Pacino moments when he does have those explosions are really scary and effective yeah. because he's so stone cold for most of the movie.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Every, every time I watch that and the scene comes on where she tells him that she had an abortion. Ugh. In my head, I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Why would you tell him this? Right. He's a fucking killer. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, even though you're his wife, I would never tell him that. I'd take that to my grave. Yeah. I somehow remember that
1: scene of like, oh, Diane Keaton's not very good in that scene, actually. And rewatching it, I'm like, oh, she's actually amazing in that scene. She's amazing. Yeah. It's just there's some bad writing, I think, of like, just like our marriage is an abortion. You know, yeah, that's is right, right, right. like goofy. You don't have to connect the dots to the metaphor. <laughs> we we right can put thing. the pieces together. Yeah. We can put the pieces together. So I think she's saddled by some <laughs> some clunky writing there, but she's fantastic in in the scene. So yeah. Diane, I'm I'm sorry that I misremembered. I also that. had
2: I also thought that that was the last scene of the movie. Mm. But it's not. <laughs> it's definitely no.
1: not. No, because then they they're separated, and she tries to sneak yeah. in and and see the kids, you know. And that scene, oh, harsh just closes to, the door on her it face. Closes oh
2: the door God. on her. Yeah,
1: Ugh. but but so many good actors in Jeez. all the Godfather movies, you know. Even people who you know have less screen time, like Robert Duvall, are so good. You know, when when they when they get there pieces
2: he has a real that really great scene where michael's like questioning everything about what he's doing and he's like don't you trust me oh because he got offered another job or whatever yeah and like the the relationship is so clear there and if you had thought that he would have ever done something to michael you realize in that moment like no he's like totally all in yeah yeah for this family
1: you know that tom's not the traitor
2: exactly yeah, yeah.
1: and michael knows that too
2: yeah
3: yeah, he says it. He's like, you're the only person I can trust.
2: Yeah. What
1: I love about mob movies in general is just like, is the amount of subtext, I think. Because you can never really trust anyone, which means you can't trust any character. What a horrible life.
3: To be <laughs> a fucking mo- I just watched Black Mass, the, the Whitey Bulger with t- Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Like what a shitty life like <laughs> sure you got money and all this but like you are constantly questioning every single person in your life like your family your friends your this spouse guy gonna fucking kill me is this guy gonna sell me out yeah. this guy gonna rat me to the feds like, and
2: like never walk into a room first no like, you don't want to ever do that because <laughs> somebody behind never you can let blow someone you sit
3: behind you in a car Right? Yeah.
2: right
3: Always sit with your back to a wall. <laughs> so many people get choked. Oh. Michael Corleone says hello. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! I hope I'm never choked.
1: I actually thought Johnny Depp was really great in that movie, like some of his most subtle acting in in years. When I first saw yeah. the trailer, like because he has all this crazy makeup and everything, I'm like, oh,
3: and his male pattern baldness haircut, yeah. He was uh, good in that. He was very good in that.
2: Can I just quickly say something I don't like about this movie?
0: <laughs> about Black Mass?
2: <laughs> no.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> Godfather 2? <II? laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, all of the details of the, um, agreement between him and Lee Strasberg or whatever, whatever they're doing, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever understood it. And watching it this time, I really didn't understand it. All the hotel
3: it. shit. It, yeah. It's also very convoluted for me and
2: like. It's like too much. Like nobody, I think it's just it's it makes it longer than it needs to be.
1: I think there's also stuff like plot points that aren't fully worked out too. Like yeah. we know that Fredo is the traitor, right? Who mm-hmm. kind of betrays him to uh to Johnny Ola and uh Hyman Roth. And maybe it's implied that Fredo was the one who left the curtains open. But presumably, Fredo doesn't think they're really gonna execute
2: exactly. Michael. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. True.
1: But then, who kills the the hitman? Right. It's that's not Fredo from, because later Johnny Ola calls him to tells tell him what went down, which means that somebody, oh, right? Somebody on the compound kills those hitmen so they don't spill the beans. But who was that person I don't think that's ever there's satisfied. a
3: lot going on in this movie I mean it's <laughs> and I'm constantly thinking like the whole time in my like the, the at the very beginning in the the, the communion celebration at, on at the house in Lake Tahoe and the Senator Pat Geary gives his toast and the yeah. check from the family and, and then he goes in and he's like He's like, I know you want, you know, these casinos, and you want the licensing. And he's like, he's like, you're gonna give me t-. and he's like trying to extort Michael. Who the fuck's gonna extort a <laughs> fucking mob boss? That's dumb to begin with. Like, you know, I this guy's lo- famous. I love that scene. Yeah. And he's like, Michael's like, the cost for licensing is only twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Like, yeah. uh and, and so I'm like, okay, so this is about these. Ca- these hotel casinos in Vegas, but then all of a sudden they're in Cuba. Right. Like, Why are the they in Cuba? Is- <laughs> well, yeah. Havana at the time was
1: like just as much of a gambling destination as Vegas or Atlantic yeah. City, you know, and it was a little more glamorous, I guess, mm-hmm. though they also had live sex shows, apparently, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, Superman. Um, what? that's the the live sex performer that they go see was based on a real guy in Havana called Superman oh. who apparently was very well endowed and uh google 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 <laughs> Havana Superman because I <laughs> I really don't want to get into the do you want to get put, on, you want to get put on some
2: this. FBI list Google <laughs> Havana Superman
3: is this dark web shit
2: Fortune, <laughs> <4chan. laughs> but uh,
3: but
1: yeah and then obviously the mob was involved and all that but then when Castro took over in what 59 uh, and it became a communist country all those and then you have that scene in Havana with all the businessmen who are basically. Basically, it's basically creating a parallel to that meeting of the five families in the first movie yes, where right. it's like, here's all these mobsters around the table. Like, here's all these businessmen who are basically mobsters. Yeah. You know? I did
2: get that. I got that part. It was just, yeah, it was a lot of talking about deals to be made and no real payoff or understanding of how that connected to what I was supposed to care about.
1: <laughs> and because you can't trust Hyman Roth, yeah. you know, yeah. I I will agree with you that some of the plot points are a little obscure. I would rather watch a movie, though, with great acting and tons of – you know, the important thing is that you know that there's just subtext to every scene, yeah. sure. and they're acting the shit out of it. So I'd rather see that movie than a movie with an immaculately worked out plot that's yeah. boring.
2: Yeah. Oh, sure, but yeah. I don't think they're mutually exclusive either. Sure. Like, certainly, this is a three hour and twenty minute movie. Did you say? <laughs> like, you could have made that a two and a half hour movie for sure.
1: Yeah, you did watch this all in one day. I, I did. think we we paused it a couple times, but yeah, yeah. You saw it from beginning to end, and yeah. uh, we made it through in one day, so it, it, I huge. think for a long movie, it goes down easier than most. Yeah.
3: Yes. I will agree. It, it, it gets to a point where you're just invested. Yeah. yeah. Like, at first, you're like, fuck, this is slow, <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Now, did you uh, not
1: see Godfather 3 until you'd seen Godfather 2? I still have not seen Godfather 3. Oh, really? 3. Well, you're not missing
3: out on yeah. much. I I have no desire. Every single person I know who's in the same boat is like, I love Godfather 1 and 2. Hate Godfather 3. I'm just like, I don't think I need to see it. I think it'll bum me out.
2: I saw it in the theater with my grandmother and my mother.
3: <laughs> when it when it came out? Yeah. I was, would have been 10
1: years old. Like wow.
2: <laughs> and I don't remember anything except for the scene where the daughter gets shot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sofia Coppola.
2: Because uh, I was like, I don't know. That was the, I didn't know what was going on in the movie the whole time. I had never seen the first two.
1: Sophia Coppola replaced Winona Ryder, uh, who I think, I think shot for a couple weeks maybe. Uh, Like, I I think they got stuff with her on film and then I I forget exactly what happened, whether she was fired or quit or or whatever, but Sophia Coppola came in. She's not great. (laughs) Uh, they couldn't get Robert Duvall to do the sequel, but they had written stuff for Tom Hagen that now all the consulieri stuff then got assigned to Connie Talia Shire's character, which is a complete change of who she was Weird. in the first two movies. Weird. So now, like, she's kind of like the the advisor, like giving
3: Michael. Yeah. Once all that shit started going down in negotiations, they should have just pulled the plug. Yeah. yeah.
1: And now we're in like the Pacino like overacting. Right. Yeah. Mode of his Sense, career. Scent
3: of a woman Pacino. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that run that he had in the early seventies, uh, I think there's like six films, like from Panic of Needle Park, both Godfather Dog movies, Day. Dog, Day. Dog Day, yeah. Day, Serpico, and Scarecrow, which is a little known movie he did with Gene Ackman where they're both amazing. Like some of the most like subtle acting. Uh, that
3: you'll ever see it was the 70s. It all 70s. looked so good. I love <laughs> yeah. that 70s film look. Ugh. Yeah, this movie was shot by Gordon
1: Willis uh, cinematographer who also did uh, the first Godfather uh, did uh, Annie Hall in Manhattan and Purple Rosa Cairo yeah. for Woody Allen. Uh, but he was known as the Prince of Darkness among cinematographers for how little he would light scenes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of scenes that are just kind of like played out in silhouettes in, yep. uh, in darkness. One more thing on, uh, Robert Duvall. I love that scene too where, where Tom is not included in the meeting, uh, early on at the uh the compound in Tahoe and then the camera kind of follows Duvall walking out of the room and then walking past like the glass in the yeah, back. Yeah. Like, the meeting uh kind of continues on the soundtrack, but we're just following Duvall walk out of yeah. the room. And that's such such a cool shot. Well why don't we go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call
3: chronological
1: <laughs> that's a, you know that's a good pitch that's a good pitch <laughs> but we're going to go
3: with carla's quotes
4: oh okay
1: she's feeling her oats and Craig's taking quotes. notes
4: whatever they are it's carla's quotes
3: <laughs> that too oh, carla's good. chronological quotes <laughs> <laughs> I love just the
1: opening shot of, uh, of Pacino. You know, you just sense that of like, oh, you're just, uh, this is a guy who's at the height of his powers right here. Both Michael Corleone and, uh, and the actor. Uh, and I, I love that theme, that Godfather theme, which is why I, I wrote lyrics to it. <laughs> um, Wait, you
3: wrote those lyrics? <laughs> okay. Um,
1: Nino Roto, by the way, the composer. And he was disqualified for his Godfather score two years prior because he repurposed that melody from a film score that he wrote in the 1950s for a little known Italian film. Lame. Uh, If you listen to our friend Jonathan Dinerstein, his podcast Settling the Score, they did a whole episode on the Godfather score and a little bit of the controversy of Nina Rota's. I
2: but- think that Jonathan's all of our friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen. I didn't know about that podcast. I am obsessed with movie scores and stuff. I got to.
2: Yeah. It's really great. Wow. He, uh,
1: really he and his friend Andy, who's also a composer, they do the AFI top 25 scores uh, and some of which they like quite a bit, some of which they don't like. You know, but uh, they really get into the 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 meat, yeah, oh, gotta, and into good nerdy like musical that. stuff uh, with it. But uh, but Nino Rota and also Coppola's dad Carmine were the credited composers on this, and they did win for uh, for this score.
2: I like that Coppola's like, "Who needs a job in my family? <laughs>
1: my sister, <laughs> my daughter, yeah. my dad.
2: Yeah, it's pretty great.
1: All about the family." So, yeah, we open in the uh, Sicilian town of Corleone, uh, and we meet young Vito Andolini. Um, Taking a funeral procession. We, we see him in a funeral procession. Uh, his father has been killed by the mob. His brother is on the run. Yeah. Uh, and Carla said, this kid looks like he's smiling. What? Uh, when they first shot of, of Vito.
2: Oh, I think when he was um, at the funeral. Yeah, he's supposed to be crying, but he looks like he's laughing the whole <laughs> time. Little kid,
1: <laughs> and his mom says Vito is only nine and dumb witted. He rarely speaks, yeah. you know, which is an interesting way to set up this character who's going to be a powerful mob. Yeah, bot. that is really
3: weird. Yeah,
1: and then when he arrives at Ellis Island, they they draw a little chalk x on him yep. which apparently is what they did for people that they thought were mentally deficient uh, oh. but then he also has smallpox right and gets he was tb right
3: oh yeah i don't they, think it was smallpox that's right that would have killed everyone on lsi <laughs> i think it was tuberculosis
1: uh and so he gets quarantined yep. for uh for three months uh but they uh they kill his brother his mother takes him to the local don don ciccio
3: she, she, the uh, names are so fucking and so weird
1: just begging uh to spare this son yeah um but the don who knows better and actually his prophecy does come true he's like yeah no, when he's a man he's gonna come looking for revenge he's Come kill me uh but then that that scene of the mom uh th- uh oh threatening him with a knife and then they kill the mom dude when she gets
3: shot she literally gets yeah. launched almost <laughs> off screen. I don't know how they did that. Yeah. But she is like, it, it's fascinating to me. I, I always rewind that because she just gets shot like 10 feet back when yeah. the, when they shoot her with that shotgun.
2: It's so, um, gosh, like if you're not, if you're bored up until that point, like that's probably the point where you can't stop watching. Cause yeah. that's just the most tragic start to a life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I like uh, that they escape him uh, out of town on like a donkey cart. Yeah, and when you see a like saddlebag, yeah, <laughs> you see the mobsters who were like going through the town, like, "Hey, if anyone sees this Vito Corleone kid," and we see the cart just kind of yeah. going in front of them, and like that's very cool. Um, yeah, so he's quarantined for three months, and then we cut to 1958, Lake Tahoe. Uh, the communion for Anthony Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so weird. <laughs> Co- and Coppola knows how to stage a big Italian party. Yeah. Because the
3: wedding first and then this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think also the idea is now they've started to lose their Italian roots a little bit. Like there's this – where like Frankie Pentangeli is like the holdover from like the the New York – Segment of the I family. Asked for
3: food, they gave me crackers. <laughs> <laughs> he go get the tomatoes and the sausage.
1: And he's trying to teach uh, the bands how oh to play.
3: Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. come on. Da, 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 da. Oh, the elbow, Stand up. Yeah. They start playing the turkey and the straw. The turkey and the straw. So fucking humiliating. <laughs> I love it. Uh
1: that actor, by the way, uh Michael Vigazzo, who was a uh a playwright, he wrote a play called hatful no of Rain he was that great. that played yeah, he was on great. on Broadway and he hadn't done a lot of acting before that but then had like a wow. a nice career as a character actor yeah. uh after that, but he basically is a stand-in for the character Clemenza from the first movie.
3: Ooh, I think money w- didn't come back because of money, right? Well, this is what I read. I had heard, always heard that for years.
1: Richard Castellano is the guy who played Clemenza in the first movie, which is the, the character the who Bruno, Bruno Kirby plays in the flashbacks. You know, okay. basically Vito's best friend, um, who, you know, then became like a lieutenant in the, uh, the family. Okay. Um,
2: I don't remember, but okay. <laughs> when
1: you see The Godfather, you'll yeah. remember Clemenza. Clemenza and Tessio were the two main Clemenza, the
3: ones who, in Godfather, one who's cooking in the kitchen, he's like, yeah, hey, you got to you can put the tomatoes, and he's just, he's the big fat guy in. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, but apparently that, that actor wanted too much money and wanted to write all of his own lines. <laughs> so, what?
4: So.
3: He's the leave the gun, take the cannoli guy. Okay. Yes.
2: Okay.
1: So they kill off Clemenza off screen and basically create this character, Frankie Patangeli, who basically covers all the same bases.
2: I see. Yeah, yeah.
1: As, uh, as Clemenza would from the, uh, the first movie. Um, but then I also read that somebody said that Richard Castellano had lost like 50 pounds oh. after the first movie, and Coppola asked him to gain the weight back and he wouldn't do it. Good so, for him. So that's a different, different account that I had never heard. At that before. age,
3: it's uh, not
1: too healthy to do that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. He's not Christian Bale. No. <laughs> Um, we already kind of mentioned that scene with uh with Senator Geary, but that guy's a fantastic actor too. Gd Spradlin. Is oh the my guy god, who plays he's the, really good. But and it's interesting to note that I don't believe the word "fuck" appears in Godfather at all. I don't think it does. Either. And compared to like Goodfellas, where the mobsters say "fuck" like three hundred times or something like that, right. <laughs> In you know, again, knowing it's like this more romanticized version of the mob when you've never heard the F word said in the first movie. And then it's not a mobster, but a senator who says you and your whole fucking family.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, it comes across as like really crass.
2: Sounded like How Jack are Nicholson? you going to
3: fucking try and blackmail or strong arm a fucking mob boss yeah. and then bring his family into it? Yeah. Are you out of your fucking mind?
2: I I didn't understand the payoff of that storyline, by the way. That was another thing where I was like, well, these are interesting scenes, but I don't really know where this is going. And then, oh, it doesn't really pay off. Like, is it just that he knows that he's going to be brought in front of the the committee and that 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 guy is going to have to stand up for him at some point.
1: I don't think they knew that specifically. I mean, they must know that he's on the, the committee to investigate the, the mafia. Yeah. You know? But then also he's a, he's a Nevada senator, so he's involved in the – In the
2: hotels and casinos. In the, the hotels. hotels
3: and then and they cuisine. frame him for
1: murder in the
2: whorehouse,
3: house. And he's, they basically put him in their pocket when they do that. Yeah,
1: I think it's just the idea of like have as many politicians in your pocket as possible. Got it. But just following that character's arc throughout the movie of seeing him think he has all the cards in that first scene with Michael. Right.
3: Some of these are outstanding. These uh, fine uh, Italian American citizens (laughs) are (laughs) just fucking tail between his legs.
1: And then we we see him in the brothel. You know, when they totally you know they murder a, a. prostitutes like clearly
2: they drugged him and murdered that woman yes
1: yeah uh
3: mom's just like the the, the cooler he's smoothing he's like look, she has no family it's like she never oh. existed yeah we'll take yeah. care of you
4: <laughs>
3: and i think coppola definitely wanted
1: to show the uglier side of the mob in in this yeah. movie you know and that's about as as horrible as anything that they could do. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we see the Senator again in Havana and, you know, he's kind of working for them and then we see him make the big speech supporting Italian Americans and that he has to leave the committee, uh, <laughs> at that point. So it's, it's just interesting to see that character's arc, I think. But as soon as he's, you know, and then Michael's like, you know, we're both part of the same hypocrisy, Senator, but don't, don't assume that it extends to my family. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh we just know this guy's fucked. Yep. <laughs> um at one point Carla got up to maybe take a phone call or get a drink or something. I paused the movie. Oh you She's- have
3: notes there. I was like, <laughs> how do you remember that?
1: <laughs> uh but Carla said, You don't need to pause it. I really don't need to see every second. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a movie where you can get up for a second when they <laughs> in the group scenes where a lot's going on, like it's fun to watch, but it's also not necessary. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: uh, Frankie drinking from the hose is another, <laughs> another detail I like. You know, uh, potentially drink, drinking water out oh, of yeah, a, yeah. out of a garden hose <laughs> <laughs> at the party.
0: He's got me waiting in the lobby. <laughs>
1: lobby. <laughs> Interesting that Talia Shire got an Oscar nomination for this because she really doesn't have a lot to do. Hardly
3: in it at I all. I don't
1: think. Yeah, uh, but I like that she yeah. she's the one with a uh, with a bimbo. Uh, basically, a himbo, which is uh, her yeah. boyfriend, Merle, uh, <laughs> yeah. that she wants to marry. Merle. Now, that actor, by the way, is Troy Donahue, uh, who was a big teen idol in the 50s yeah. and 60s. You know you know him from the, the lyrics to Look at Me, Greece. I'm Sandra D." Yeah. I didn't um, that. And Troy Donahue went to military school with Francis Ford Coppola when they were teens. Oh, I went to military school. and Well, there you <laughs> go. So you, I
3: went to the school where they filmed Taps.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. man. Wow.
3: In Pennsylvania. I think I get Taps confused with Lords, of, lords discipline. of Discipline.
2: Now, did you get sent there for behavior problems? Yep. Really? Yep.
3: I kicked out of high school, and then I got, my parents had their last straw, and they didn't know what else to do, and so they sent me to 3,000 miles across the country to Wayne, Pennsylvania.
4: Wow.
3: And I was there maybe like two or three years after Taps was filmed. Wow. Like it was, it's also the alma mater of JD Salinger and the basis for Pensy Prep and Catcher in the Rye. Whoa.
2: Holy shit.
3: Anytime you read him describing things around Pensy Prep at the beginning of the book, I read it in military school for the first time <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's right outside of my fucking room.
1: So they assigned that book or you just read it on your own. <laughs>
3: It, I mean, it was fairly, no, no, they had signed, it was fairly, you know, yeah, common assigned reading in high school, I think. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe not till college, but we... But just the idea that it's satirizing them a little, a little bit, it seems yeah. odd. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. So
2: did you, gosh, I have so many questions that will totally derail this whole podcast. We can talk
3: about it when you do Taps. That's your number one movie, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: I guess just very simply, do you do you feel like it helped you? No. Okay.
3: It... I always tell people with kids, never send your kid to military school because I got sent there because I was a fuck up. And You got to imagine 90% of everyone sent to military school is sent there because they're a fuck up. Yeah. So I was literally going to spend two years with the all stars of fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I got into way crazier shit when I got sent to military school.
1: It's like Con Air, like you get all these hardcore criminals together. Yes,
3: it's like prison. It's like why would you want to send them there? And uh yeah. But uh, I I sold a pilot to FX a few years ago based on it. It didn't get past the scripting phase, but yeah.
2: That's so cool. All right, we'll talk more later.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh, but troy
1: Donahue's real name was Merle Johnson, oh, no. really? so
3: they kept the real so name. they
1: kept his real name, so it's almost as if to suggest that this really is Troy Donahue playing himself as, as Merle Johnson, and apparently around this time he was teaching acting on Holland America cruise ships, and so the the whole cruise thing is ships. the whole no. thing is, is Connie is going on a long
3: cruise with Merle
2: weird, why would they oh my
1: God, why't they know. blur
2: those lines? it doesn't feel like the right kind of movie for that. <laughs>
3: He looked like such a bummer. Yeah. He yeah. looks fucking sad. <laughs>
1: Here's another of my favorite John Cazale moments is the moment where his wife is drunk and like dancing and flirting with other Ugh. guys at the party. And then uh, Rocco, one of the hitmen, comes up and is like, Mike, you want me? I'll take care of her. Mike says, uh Yeah. yeah. Uh, either you take care of this or I do. Yeah. And, and Fredo says, I think you better. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so exactly who his character is that,
3: that he's too afraid to Never even marry an in. Italian. Oh, she's such an asshole. Yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> she's pretty awful. He's so sad. Like, what a tragic figure.
3: Oh, and the whole scene in Godfather One when they go to Vegas. And he's got like the band in the hotel room and yes. like, yeah, and Michael walks in, and he's like, get these people out of here. And he's like <laughs> and he's sticking up for Mo Green and like, yes. he's like, never go against the family, and <laughs> just fucking puts him in his place. Like he can't do anything right.
2: Yeah.
1: But Fredo's always kind of going in with hope, like, this is gonna be the thing. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. right. put me back at the top of the good graces <laughs> of the family. <laughs> oh, I love the line the old man had too much wine. Yeah. What was that? That was uh, referring to, uh, to Frankie. Oh, right. uh, mm-hmm. acting up at the thing. Michael says to Kay, "I'm trying, darling, I think, at some point." And, uh, and Carlos said, "You're not trying, you're not trying nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's really not. Like he's, there's no real I'm in the first Godfather, you got to see the struggle. It, yeah. Within him of like how how he was going to be a good person and still do this, and in this one he's just a killer. Yeah, like he's he's
3: yeah he and and she even says you said we'd be legitimate in five years and that was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just like I'm trying. You're like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're not. No, not you're at all. fucking settled into this lifestyle. Yeah, and you're good at it. Michael, "Wire the drapes open"
1: is such a good line, and then, uh and then you get the—that's uh, the an incredible gun,
2: scene. The yeah. machine
1: guns, and then Carla said, "I have to pee real bad. I know this is an exciting moment. I'm sorry." <laughs> so, so we did pause. It you did pause, yeah, for for that scene.
2: <laughs> I wanted to see it.
1: Then Carla said, shortly after that scene, "I don't remember anything in this except, you know, the scene." I said what scene? And you said where he kills his brother, <laughs> which is but which is not, it's not. He a thing doesn't that kill him either. Right. I, he in has my memory, him killed. I,
2: in my memory, he killed him. He was the one in the boat with him.
1: <laughs> so that's the one scene. You but it's remember. been like
2: 15 years ago. Sure. Give me a break.
1: Sure. <laughs> then we jump back to the past, and Vito is now Robert De Niro. <laughs> Right. Um yeah. and you said Vito Corleone, but how did he survive as a kid? I feel like there's untapped material here for another film.
2: There there is, right? Yeah. Like there's so like
1: So you jump from like nine to like twenty two or like something like that. In? Like young
3: Sheldon from the big <laughs> game theory. They could have done like young Vito.
2: Right. <laughs> like we need a comic book or something to fill in the gaps.
3: And he's very hipster looking. I mean he's very Brooklyn yeah. like he looks cool as shit in this. He like, does with his plaid shirts and uh, yeah, and his newsy hat. Like,
2: he yeah. looks
3: cool as shit. Well, so we talked about Pacino.
1: How about De Niro in this film? He's great.
2: He is great. Yeah, I don't know that he's my favorite supporting actor in this movie though, necessarily. Who would you say? I would. I mean, John even, Cazale, John Cazale for sure. But like even Lee Strasberg, I thought.
1: So good. Yeah, I had a, I
2: had really cool moments. Yeah, I don't know. I the something that I noticed about De Niro in my in my memory again, he was doing the voice, the Marlon Brando voice, the whole time, and he really doesn't. He kind of goes in and out of it. And I I want to like know why he chose to do it sometimes, but not others. Did you think about that?
3: I have never even thought of him doing it. Never registered to me because like, really? it, it, he's always sounded like De Niro to me. He didn't sound like he was doing.
2: It was more like a whi- he would like whisper sometimes, it, and, and it yeah. sounded like that to me.
1: It's mostly like in his last scenes, just before he kills, you know, Don Finucci, right. Uh, yeah. And be- takes over as the boss, but his one Jeez. full line that guy in English he has was, a, that guy was a cartoon that guy was amazing. Really. Oh, we'll talk about that villain. <laughs> <him, definitely. laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, he does have some isolated words in English here and there. He's mostly talking in a Sicilian dialect, apparently. Uh, but his one full line in English is "I'll make him an offer he don't refuse," <laughs> uh, and so he's definitely trying to echo the the brand. Obviously, it's the Brando line yeah. from the first, reminding movie. us
3: that it's Marlon Brando.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But, I, I mean, De Niro probably got the Oscar because he was clear that, like, here is a big noob star, you know? So right. Was, because he wasn't that well-known at the time. He was in a movie called Bang the Drum Slowly the year before where he played a dying baseball player, and that was kind of, like, his big...
2: Oh, I didn't realize this was one of his first things. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, so, then so
2: Pacino's he, been around a lot longer than De Niro, then?
1: Pacino, Panic of Needle Park, I think, was Pacino's first movie that came out in 71. De Niro had done some of like De Palma and Scorsese's like early like student film stuff. Yes, very, very. De Niro worked with
3: De Palma a lot in like his student film stuff.
1: Weird. You should
3: watch that documentary on De Palma. I've it's, seen it. Yeah, it's, it's great fucking crazy. Yeah, uh,
1: but yeah, he had mostly done just very underground indie New York. Got it. So this was like this his time. this was debut his, to his, Hollywood. The Bang the Drum Slowly in this, where like yeah, he was doing like
3: debuts. favors to friend, like acting. Like I don't even know if he was an actor at first. Like yeah, people were just like, oh, will you do this thing for me? And they're like, <laughs> he was fucking amazing.
2: That's that's incredible. Those stories of like just being in the right place at the right time,
3: yeah,
2: around the right people.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he gets so much out of just a look. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. His dialogue is all Italian. You know, when he, when How he accurate does talk. is
3: that by the way? Like I'm sure they were working with translators or something. Yeah. I mean it all sounds legit, but I'm like, they could just be doing gibberish to me.
0: Probably
1: right. And then his friend takes him to like uh some bad oh, Italian theater. theater. And Carla said, "Is With this the vaudeville tilted floor
3: to make it look like it's <laughs> foreshortening?" And
1: yeah, I came to America. I left Mama, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're sitting behind Don Finucci, the Black Hand. Who is like the local mob Monster. boss. Uh, and yeah, that guy is like the one over actor in the film, but it totally works. Yeah, I think. it does work. It's funny. Yeah.
3: I love it. Cause he's really chewing the he scenery. Is cartoon level, like big <laughs> yeah. bad villain.
1: But you get the sense that he's really not that effective a a mob boss because no like especially when vito corleone you know i forget how much money he wants out of him and his friends yeah and vito's like i'll pay you 50 and he's like i'll
3: take it (laughs) yeah he never really backs down so easily easily. no it's just him walking around going hey you got to owe me more money (laughs) i would you get the feeling that if anyone would have walked up to him and and punched him in the nose he would have been like left town i'm going back to
4: italy fuck these
1: people uh here's carla on that era i'm so glad we didn't live at that time it looks hard it looks like a lot of lifting stuff
3: (laughs) (laughs) i think the same thing i watched that and i'm just like those streets are just dirt (laughs) (laughs) yeah anytime it rains you are dealing with mud Yeah. yeah going to work you're like nope I'm going to come home covered in mud <laughs> and like shit ro-
1: rolling down uh-huh. the streets, probably Ugh. creating dysentery. Um, yeah. And then so he meets young Clemenza played by a young Bruno Kirby. Uh, and then they, <laughs> I love that scene where they just break into somebody's apartment steal and steal a rug. Yeah. And uh, so
2: funny. Bruno and,
3: Kirby is, oh, is always just struck me as such a weird choice for anything. Yeah. He's, he's got his, He's just weird to me.
2: Yeah. Like how so? What do you mean?
3: I can't even explain it. I'm like, he's he's just got this little baby face. <laughs> even in later movies, when he's like a middle aged man, he's like baby faced, and he's got a weird voice. And the,
1: yeah. yeah, we saw him earlier in uh, on the list, and this is Spinal Tap, where he plays the uh, the limo driver. Yeah. Excuse
0: me, are you reading? Yes, I can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But, of course, uh, When Harry Met Sally, probably his best role and City Slickers. That is
3: weird that he played Clemenza because they are not even the same skin tone. Like, Clemenza was really a tan, like, dark-skinned Italian.
1: But, oddly, Bruno Kirby played Richard Castellano's son in a sitcom in the early 70s. No shit. They they had
3: already been cast
1: as father and son. I didn't know that. And uh, Bruno Kirby died at 57. Yeah, uh, that was sad. He, he died young in 2006, uh, which is really sad. But but he had a nice range. Of, oh, Good, Good, Good Morning Vietnam was another great role. That for was him a great too. one for him. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, he first meets Clemenza because he gives him a bunch of guns to hide, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, he just uh, and
2: passes, passes them.
3: from one <laughs> building to the next.
2: That's hilarious. And, and
1: you see De Niro just kind of like studying them and kind of figuring out what to do. And Carla said, can't let my wife see anything. That would be crazy.
2: <laughs> Don't tell my wife one thing that's going on. <laughs> it is weird.
3: She's like four feet
1: away. I,
2: yeah. Then closes
3: the door and... <laughs> looking at all these guns in the bathtub. like There's no way she's not going to know about this, right? dude. That's a small apartment.
1: <laughs> uh, being a mob boss at the time and uh, Don Finucci is just a lot of smacking people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Backhand.
2: Yeah. I was glad that um, there were times when I thought that they were going to show scenes where De Niro was cheating on his wife and they didn't Explore that at all, which is no. nice.
3: I'm
1: glad too, that was yeah.
2: refreshing.
3: <laughs>
1: Very loyal to Mama Corleone, yeah. And in each flashback too, they've added another family member. There's a new baby, yeah. Too. yeah so yeah. Of like it starts out with Sonny and then Fredo. And I always f- thought for some reason that Connie was older than Michael, but I guess Michael is older than I guess Connie. Yeah, is the she's youngest. the youngest. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
1: Um, but I think this is the scene where where Don Finucci forces the shop owner, who's employing Vito, to fire him in order to get like mm. his nephew in there or whatever. Yeah, and and uh, and De Niro, you know, takes it really well. You know, really well.
3: He comes out with a an armful of food and groceries, like take this back to your wife. And De Niro's like, Nah, I can't. I can't. Good. Yeah. Good. Like, what a good guy.
1: He's
2: like, I was nine and on the streets.
1: Well, <laughs> this is what this is what you said, Carla. Oh, really? He's like, bitch, I had to cross the seas with pox when I was a kid and I'm still alive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like super tough.
1: So now we're back in present day. Michael goes to Miami to meet Hyman Roth, played by the great uh, acting teacher, Lee Strasberg. Yeah. And Lee Strasberg basically did no film acting until this movie and That's he did a amazing. couple I think he died in the early 80s he also did a movie called going in style with george burns and art carney oh yeah i remember that. where they were three elderly men who rob a bank which i think was just remade with morgan freeman yeah uh recently uh but hyman roth is basically a stand-in for
2: <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> for the uh for the gangster meyer lansky oh okay so, uh, if you watch Boardwalk Empire, you can see the young Meyer Lansky is a major character in that. And he teamed with Lucky Luciano. And then Bugsy Siegel was their protege, basically. And apparently Meyer Lansky was still alive at this time that Strasbourg was playing a thinly veiled version of him. Yikes. And then so all that Moe Green stuff about Moe Green being, you know, that that's basically Bugsy. Yes. Uh, yes. Moe Green sure. was, was a stand for Bugsy Siegel. Oh,
4: yeah. okay.
1: Uh, I loved uh I I also love we see you know we've seen Michael's compound in Vegas and all of or in uh Tahoe in all of like his you know lieutenant's and all the security and everything he just drives up to Hyman Ross house it's just this very modest house yeah. uh he walks in, there's nobody there but his wife. He's watching you know? football. Yeah. It's he's just watching sports on TV. It is like such and this is the most powerful gangster in the world. Uh and it's such a difference between how Michael lives his life. It's it's so interesting. Yeah.
2: So can I ask a question? Um I uh I don't understand why he wanted to kill Michael. When he seemed like he was his friend. (laughs) 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 But, like, what's going on there? This is
1: Mafia 101. I know, I know,
2: but it's like, so he's just trying to take Michael out because Michael's getting too powerful. Is that what I'm supposed to assume?
1: It's it's partially revenge for the Mo Green thing.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Because he has that whole speech about, about Mo and how he took him under his wing and everything. And then, but it was, you know, he says it's all business, but clearly there's still some bitterness there. But I think it's also just trying to squeeze Michael out of the of the casino game. Got it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Who knows? Thanks, guys.
3: Who knows? <laughs> sounds right.
2: Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> sounds
3: like a good good enough excuse. They're mobsters. They're always killing each other.
1: <laughs> I love the line, I love baseball ever since Arnold Rothstein fixed the world series. Yeah. And we just did a drunk history on uh the Black Sox scandal where I played Arnold Rothstein. No what? way. Nice. Uh Another of my favorite lines, he was stupid. I was lucky I'll visit him soon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you said this about, but you said that guy looks like Paul F. Tompkins. Oh. <laughs> Somebody in a pinstripe suit, probably. A mustache.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you, do you know who I'm talking I think about? I know who you're talking about because I think I've thought the same thing.
1: <laughs> oh, is it Willie Cheechee, who is who uh, is Frankie's right-hand man? What scene is this in? I don't know.
2: It, they're in Cuba, I think, right?
1: Maybe. But oh. Willie Chi is the guy who, when he's testifying, goes, uh, yeah, there were a lot of buffers in that family.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's the guy who kills Mo Green in the first movie, too. Oh. That guy had a small non-speaking part uh, in the first movie, and Coppola liked him so much, he expanded his role for the, uh, for the next one. Here's uh, a quote that I've been doing wrong for so many years. I always say, <laughs> when I want to do it, Pacino impression, I say, in my house! Where my wife sleeps, where my children come play with their toys. Where my children come play with their toys. The line is in my home, <laughs> in my bedroom, where my wife sleeps, where my children come play with their toys. Yeah. So that scene where Frankie gets uh, uh, a wire, you know, where they choke him in the, in the bar. Yeah. That hitman is Danny Aiello. Yep. Oh, Michael yeah,
3: Corleone yeah. says hello.
1: And, and apparently this is what I read, uh, that Danny Aiello appeared on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast and told a story where he said he improvised that line. He wasn't supposed to have any lines and, but then he didn't remember saying it. And then Coppola liked it and left it in. Oh shit. So I guess he was so caught up in the moment that he decided to throw in Michael Carleone says hello. Good for him. But it's such it's such a memorable line. So good. And it's a lie too, of course. So it's it's Hyman Roth who's uh trying to uh, to kill off Frankie. But I here's another thing I don't understand. Was the plan to leave him alive so he testifies against Michael or was That's the plan to seems actually like kill him? Because but then the cop just kind of comes in accidentally.
2: I have no idea. <laughs> Guys, I don't know. Yeah,
3: th- some of that stuff is confusing to me as well.
1: The scene where Diane Keaton's trying to get off the compound and uh, Tom Hagen stops her. Uh, Carla said, "If I almost got shot like that, I wouldn't leave the house
3: for months.
2: I wouldn't. Yeah, no shit. Why would you?
3: I'd be like, I'm glad I live here. I'm going to take advantage of this. <laughs> yeah. In these you've got a team and... of people
1: who bring you whatever you want. Yeah, yeah.
3: but she just wants to live her life. I just want to go to the store. <laughs> really? I hate going to the store." All
1: the Havana scenes shot in the Dominican Republic, (laughs) by the way, because of course they can't shoot in Cuba. They give uh, Batista, who was the president at the time, a solid gold telephone. Carlos said that won't be worth anything in a few decades. I guess you could melt it down.
2: (laughs) Do people melt down gold? Oh, gold is
3: yeah, gold's still like
2: that's the thing to do, right? Like a lot of people are like when everything falls apart, you need some gold.
3: I I have friends who have invested in gold (laughs) they sound crazy but i'm like oh it doesn't really lose its value yeah here's carla's log line for this movie so many men just
1: talking in this movie talk 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 (laughs) is a lot of talking
2: a lot of men talking specifically
1: (laughs) talia shire we pretty much lose for most of the movie diane keaton only has three scenes maybe in the movie but she's very effective when we see her it's also really
3: the first time we see Michael's mother talk at all. Like she didn't really
1: first, have any lines in the first. I don't one, think right? she had yeah. any lines in the first movie. She was not an actress. She was a jazz singer, Morgana King. She was a well-known Morgana. jazz singer. Yeah.
4: Weird.
1: Morgana. Here's another character who was a non-actor that Coppola cast. Was the guy who plays his bodyguard in Havana, who's the guy who tries to kill Hyman Roth. That guy is such a great face. He's good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that he he
2: kind of feels like he's in a different movie a little bit though. Yeah. Like more like a noir kind of thing.
1: Apparently that guy was a Hungarian sculptor. Like he was a well known, (laughs) a well known artist. And Fellini cast him in Satyricon a a year before. And Coppola saw this guy in Satyricon, just thought the guy had a great face and decided to, decided to cast him. But he certainly gets a for a, a character who doesn't have a name yeah. and doesn't have any lines. He gets a lot of reaction shots. He
2: does, yeah. He's great.
1: And when the when the police break in and kill him as he's trying to off uh, Hyman Roth, Carla said, "Oh,
2: he's <laughs> I I trying
3: like to so. do it with a pillow. Was he? <laughs> he yeah, he's trying to smother pillow him with a pillow. God damn!"
1: And Carla also said on that guy, "He's pretty agile for an older gentleman." <laughs> <laughs> Hyman, yeah, I yeah. know uh, the hitman.
3: Um,
1: yeah. Oh, the hitman. Yeah. The there, a
3: lot of dudes in these movies are just old Italian guys. Like, yeah. some of the guards you see on, on Michael's compound in Tahoe are just like, that guy's like 70. <laughs> He's just standing around, <laughs> just standing around with a gun in his jacket. Like, <laughs> I could totally get past that dude. <laughs> like, I could just sneak past him. Uh, They're so old. <laughs> like, there's no young, like. Yeah. Buff. tough guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where are
3: those guys?
1: Where, where are, those are those guys? guys? <laughs> I guess they're all hotheads like Sonny. They get killed off early. Like these Probably. are the guys who are smart enough to like keep their mouths shut. Shut up. And, and do the job. Do your job. Yep. <laughs> Carla says she has an abortion. It's coming back to me now. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Nope. <laughs> There's a scene, I think it's young Fredo, maybe, who's being leeched. Oh, yeah. I, that's definitely Fredo. That's definitely
0: Fredo. <laughs> that
3: has to be
1: Fredo. It
2: is. No, for that sure. That has to be
1: Fredo. But Carla said, whoever thought that was a good idea, le- <laughs> leeches.
2: <laughs> but then you said they still do that.
0: Apparently,
1: there are times, I don't know why, but in, in modern medicine where they do use leeches. Have you I investigated this? I did a this? drunk
3: history where I played a doctor leeching. Um, it was still a web It it was still a web uh, (laughs) version of Drunk History, but it was William Henry Harrison, the president... The U.S. president with the shortest term. Yeah, that's sir. right. He, because he did his inaugural speech for like three hours out in the snow without a jacket. Got, on, pneumonia, got, and got died. pneumonia and
2: Are died. Are you serious? I yeah. didn't know that. He was
3: president for a month.
2: Wow. Yep.
3: Yeah. If only that could have
1: happened. Oh,
2: right, right. right.
3: <laughs> but it was Paul Schneider played the uh, played him, and I was <laughs> me and Benny were leeching him, putting snakes and leeches <laughs> that's on. him.
1: <laughs> Here's Carla and Don Finucci. I have a feeling this guy is going to get dead. <laughs> yeah. Who is that? He's the the mob boss in uh, the flashback scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah, The over-actor. Uh, Big hat.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The young Tessio is pretty good looking, too, but he grows up to be Abe Vigoda.
2: <laughs> I don't know any of the words you're saying right
3: now. Oh, is he the guy when they first go to the play? Like He's like, I, I'm dating this girl in this play.
1: No, that's a different guy, but. That when, guy's
3: got a crazy look,
1: man. Yeah, with the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. he's got the yeah. biggest fucking eyebrows in the world. <laughs> uh, whenever you hear a service in Latin in a Godfather movie, someone's you, know, dying. you know someone's gonna die. Yep. And then you know about the oranges too? No. Whenever there's an orange, in a Godfather movie, it it, uh, it presages a uh, a scene with violence.
2: Really? Yeah. Like Coppola's telling us to close our eyes. I don't know if it's
1: accidental or subconscious or like something that Coppola always intended to be a recurring thing in the movie. Not but
3: necessarily violence because when Don Corleone is chasing his kid with the orange in his mouth, he just has a heart attack. Yeah um but where are there other oranges well
1: don Finucci buys an orange from a street vendor right before he gets murdered by vito corleone
3: i didn't even realize that i love how that scene is shot where he kills Finucci. so good with the light blinking on and off or yeah it's blinking
1: and then the towel catching fire which he's using as a silencer it's so cool uh, when Finucci gets shot in the face, Carla said, "I don't think that's how it looks,
3: you guys. <laughs> Probably not."
2: It was that was a straight It was a cool scene, but it was strange.
3: Like, also, all that 1970s blood is so hokey, right? That's it's what like I mean. it looks like, like red paint. Yeah, it, it always looked, has in the 70s.
2: It looked like they were like, "Okay, we're now react." Like they were off off camera talking him through it or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um. The scene where the, the landlord, when now Vito is kind of like a local mob boss, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's getting some reputation and he's trying to shake down this landlord, or actually not shaking him down, but trying to just give free rent to. His wife's friend, right? Yeah. Uh, And then the guy treats him rudely and Vito very calmly says, ask your friends, ask around about me. And and then the one really funny scene in the movie is when the guy comes in. Yes.
2: It is really funny. Yeah.
1: Now apparently this guy was a well-known Italian comic actor and that door could be rigged where you could put a nail in the lock and prevent it from being opened. So Coppola did not tell the guy he was going to lock the door <laughs> and because he wanted to see how the guy improvised trying to get out that's so awesome. that's a scene that's that was hilarious. not not written totally improvised by that actor and then eventually the guy i think who's playing uh, the eyebrow guy the eyebrow guy uh, pulled the nail out and let the guy that's <laughs> uh, so you fun. can tell man cuz yeah. the
3: eyebrow guy was looked like he was trying not to laugh you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Carla said this feels like a different movie
2: it did but in a good way
3: yeah it felt very Kirby <laughs> enthusiastic.
1: enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. uh, Harry Dean Stanton is one of the FBI agents who's in charge right. of uh, Frankie Patanjali Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: oh I didn't realize that I don't think you didn't recognize yeah. him uh-uh
1: He's the guy who, when they find Frankie, uh, yeah, he's like Frankie, come play cards. Yeah, now that you, <laughs> you know? say that, yeah, yeah, I was stepped over. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. I want respect. <laughs> I'm, smart. I'm
3: smart, Mike. Oh.
1: <laughs> but that scene where he says, "I'm the only thing that happened to him while my mother's alive," is so cold. Oh. Like, just Michael uh, is so cold.
3: And my um, first thought was, God, I hope she lives a long time. Yeah. It's such a bummer.
1: My favorite Frankie line is, Michael Corleone did this, Michael Corleone did that, so I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and then that moment in the congressional hearings, here's Carla's quote, hubbub, hubbub, hubub, hubbub. hubbub. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is this about? What? Did, why are we here? <laughs>
1: And then I fucking love the scene where De Niro goes back to Sicily to
3: kill off oh, Don, Don Ciccio. Ciccio. When
2: he, he like guts him like a fish.
3: Oh, <laughs> top to, or bottom to top, like just.
2: Just like wants all of his guts his to his fall out.
1: torso. Yeah. And the line I think is, uh my name is Vito Andolini and this is for you. Yeah. Oh God.
2: I do kind of wish, oh, I like this scene. I don't mean to give it a hard time. But I do kind of wish he had let it there was a reaction from the guy before he stabbed him. Do you know what I mean? Because he says that as he's stabbing him and it would have been cool, I think. To see
3: the realization come over his face. Like I was right.
2: Yeah, yeah. But
3: also I think that's why he stabbed him instead of shot him Was like so there is a second of like
2: suffering.
3: So yeah,
1: you have some notes for Francis.
2: Can you get this to him?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll pass pass it along. Um, Carla said, that's a pretty sweet role for Strasburg to get, not having many credits.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nice of them to throw him a bone.
1: And the, the guy, Rocco, who's one of the, uh, you know, hitmen is the one assigned to kill, uh, Strasburg at the airport of like, and obviously there's no plan for escape. Like he gets killed immediately
2: by yeah. all the security.
1: Yeah. He that's runs there. like
3: 10 feet. Yeah.
1: So he's just taking one
3: for the team there.
1: Ugh, I'm, so I'm going to assume. What his, a
2: sad, horrible life.
3: That's the life. Yeah. Why? I hey, go kill, uh, Hyman Roth. Where? At the airport who's being escorted by the cops like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) all right
2: and he's the one who said that it's doable right in the meeting or was that somebody else
3: i don't remember it was tom hagan was like anybody can be gotten to he can't be gotten yeah
2: but then the other guy was like yeah i can do it it's just gonna be maybe
1: yeah al neary and rocco were the two main guys al neary is in uh, Godfather
3: 3. There's just I too believe. many guys in Seinfeld this movie. There's a Seinfeld character named Al Neary, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure it's based on that. Oh, yeah.
2: There's so many guys in this movie. Like, how can anybody keep them straight? <laughs> they all look uh, the same. They all talk the same. A lot
3: of Italian guys in this movie. A couple Jews, too. <laughs> <laughs> For diversity.
2: <Simon.
3: laughs>
1: Carla, you want to give this movie a letter grade?
2: A. I mean, it's an A for sure. Okay. I already knew that. Okay. Don't, be, don't act surprised. Okay.
1: <laughs> Good. So you you got some some complaints, but overall, you like it. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's classic.
1: Steve, it's an A for a you. A plus. Yeah. A yeah. plus. This is the best movie we've covered so far, I think. This is my favorite.
2: Can I ask a quick question? Why do you think this is like uh, in the canon for any guy when you ask a guy what his favorite movie is? What what is it about?
3: Is this in I feel like not in a lot of people. Really? Part two more than Godfather or
1: either I of them. I think just either of them. Uh-huh.
2: What well, what is it that is so appealing to men?
1: Again like with the 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 mobster. I mean, when you're a young man, I guess like the whole like loyalty thing like seems appealing maybe. I guess the badass thing. Seems appealing that mobsters feel like tough and and badass as a study or of acting and (laughs) as a film nerd. Again, like I like I just like the subtext of mob scenes of like you're always trying to figure out like what everybody's angle is and how they're playing everything. I mean, I love everyone's motivated by something
3: else. And Hmm. oh, man, it's fucked up. (laughs) God, going into... A mafia lifestyle is just a bad decision. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, I guess it's uh, it's a display of testosterone, you know, maybe.
2: I think that there's something about these movies specifically, though, that's different from other mobster movies in that there is that family relationship. I don't know. And I think that's why people love it so much. Yeah. is because it's not just like killing. It's also like complicated brother relationships complicated yeah. siblings i think
1: that's what parental. coppola brought to it i think yeah. that's why he was ultimately the right person for the job yeah and so it might whitewash some of the uglier aspects of the the mafia Uh
2: huh.
1: you know uh romanticize it a little bit but
2: certainly at the end of this even though fredo has just been killed i still feel bad for michael too
1: <laughs> which is crazy yeah yeah, yeah. That final like push in on him just sitting alone yeah. in the chair is like it's heartbreaking.
2: Like it really was a snowball effect of just like bad decision after bad decision that's gotten him to this place.
3: Yeah.
1: When yeah.
2: he Yeah, and he made all the decisions on his own. Yeah. Which is what's so fucked up about it, right? Like his dad never really pressured him into doing any of it. I don't remember the first one very well, but that's true, in fact, right?
3: I don't think his dad didn't want him to be in the family business at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, the Godfather is also on my list, as I have hinted many times, so we'll get a chance to, uh, to revisit that. Okay. Much later. Much later. Great. Several months from now. Now we'll what? We'll be watching it. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> imp- let's improvise a little scene. Okay. Yeah. So the, the very last scene in the movie is a flashback, and we see some of the characters that were killed off in Godfather, and this is all the brothers and, uh, and Connie uh, around the table waiting for, is, is it a birthday party for, Marlon Brando, maybe? Yeah, like a surprise party, I think. Apparently, Brando was actually supposed to shoot this scene and at the last minute on the day didn't show up. So Coppola rewrote the scene to be about –
2: What a punk. Can you imagine (laughs) having all the opportunity in the world to just do cool shit and – like, being a, a guy who's just like, meh.
3: He has always just struck me as an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, except for, did you see that documentary about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau? No, I've heard it's amazing. You have got to watch, you know, Brando and Val Kilmer did this movie about the the island of Dr. Yeah. Moreau. That was a fucking disaster. You know, they had to go through two directors because one director lost his mind and they, they fired him from the movie. And uh instead of coming, because they shot it in Australia, instead of coming back to America, he disappeared into the fucking wilderness of Australia
1: <laughs> and no
3: one could find him. And, and um, didn't
1: he then come back and did
3: background he work? Came, he snuck back onto the set <laughs> and was wearing like prosthetics. And there are scenes where you can see this director who was fired in the background <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and it was a disaster from start to finish and there's a documentary about it I forget what it's called but just from the stories I walked away going it is amazing to me that Brando does not come off as an asshole Val yeah. Kilmer comes off as a douchebag." But there's they're talking to Feruza Balk who's in the movie and she's like She's like, I, I went up to this was very early on. Well, no, she's like, this was like months into shooting, and she went up to Brando and she's like, Hey, do you want to rehearse our lines? <laughs> and he's like, No. Nah. And she's like, Really? Because I think it would help me if we rehearse our lines. And he, he, he says something to the effect of, Look, we know this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, we're just getting, we're doing this for the money. Like, he really was honest and I was like, I think that's awesome that he said that. He was like, let's just get our checks and go, like, oh, he's man. like, I don't want to rehearse this. He's like, we know this is insane.
4: Oh and my God. And I was God. like, wow,
3: he actually seems reasonable when he says that shit. Yeah. Like, she's all this, we're going to make this great big movie. Yeah. He's like, this is garbage. Let's just <laughs> let's just fucking relax.
1: I know at that point in his career, like all of his lines would like be taped to the back of coffee cups and stuff like yeah, yeah. that. Of, like yeah. he wouldn't learn any lines, he'd just yep. read them on the spot. That yep. makes
2: me hate him so much. So
1: lame. It's so like lame. come
2: on, millions of people would kill for this job, dude. And just because you were really you are great, a name. Yeah. that's
3: the only reason you have this job.
2: When you were young, you were great and handsome, but like <laughs> Ugh, it makes me so mad.
1: But I think his logic was that like people don't know what they're gonna say until the moment that they say them, and so he wanted to be surprised by his own. Life. That's how he justified like, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we join this Corleone family dinner after Vito has shown up?
2: Okay. So okay. Great.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm here, I'm here. All right, everybody's here, everybody's here. Hey, happy birthday, Pop.
2: Happy birthday, Pop! I wanted to say it first, but Michael—he got the he got in there before me.
0: Fredo, you—when uh, you were a baby, we had to leech you. <laughs> do you remember that?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I just—I leached myself yesterday, Pop. Oh, I got—I got you don't have I to do, do that. Again. You don't have
0: to do that, Fredo. Michael, look at you. I'm so proud of this. I young got you man. a card
3: for your birthday, Pop. Here you go.
0: Oh, read wow. it. <laughs> Oh, shoebox greetings—a tiny, <laughs> tiny division of Hallmark. Oh, this is very funny.
2: Oh, uh, I—I got you something, Pop. I wrote it on a piece of paper. It's a card. I made it myself.
0: What is this shit?
2: Uh, it's just—I. I, that's
0: a terrible drawing. Is that supposed to be me?
2: Yeah, that's you, and that's me. Ah, I'm, ouch, slapping, ouch, I'm slapping ouch. you around. <laughs>
0: Where's Santino?
3: Oh Pop he's Oh wait, he's still alive. Uh, he's 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 upstairs
0: taking a shit. <laughs>
3: that's good,
0: that's my boy. That's my boy. He's always gotta take a shit. Uh, Dad, We're all very I,
3: proud of him.
2: I uh I'm gonna marry this guy.
0: Fredo Fredo, what <laughs> the fuck?
2: No, I'm the daughter now. No. <laughs> my voice isn't as high.
0: Okay, Connie, Dad? Connie. <laughs> Connie, who's this Who's this young man you're going to marry?
2: Uh, Jimmy just introduced me to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true, Pop. Jimmy Jimmy Conn? Yeah. <laughs> so so this, is a, uh, this is a friend. Sonny uh,
3: just brought this guy over, Dad. And he's, just, he's really forcing him on Connie.
2: I'm cool with it, Dad.
0: That's good. It's an arranged marriage. That's he's, how it should seems be. seems like a good
3: guy. Okay. <laughs> that's the worst that can happen. We'll
0: keep it all in the family. How about you, Michael? You got a girl?
3: Yeah, uh, uh, Kay. <laughs> you met her at the wedding. Oh, oh wait. Whose
0: wedding? You're, ta- <laughs> <laughs> wait. You're talking about Connie's wedding?
2: Dad, uh, yeah, I'm telling you. That hasn't you. happened oh, yet. What,
0: have God. we wait. become unstuck in when time? When are we in the
3: timeline time of life, Bob? Uh,
2: I think Michael's going to kill me one day, Dad.
0: Fredo. Get a get a seat the higher. What are you doing? You're leaning back in these cushions? <laughs> I'm taking a take sit <laughs> up. Your fucking posture
3: is horrible. Your
0: posture is you terrible, w- Fredo.
3: You act like we treat... You wonder why we treat you like a kid, Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> why we leech I'm you... I'm just
2: tired. Uh,
0: Fredo, I'm going to send you to Vegas, okay? I think that's a good idea, Pop. You're going to work with Mo Green. Great you're guy. Gonna, you're going to get into the casino business. It's going to be good.
2: I can't wait. I'm gonna go right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, at least stay and have dinner with us. Have some okay? cake. Have some okay. cake. I made
3: this great cake for your dinner, Pop.
0: Oh, it looks so good. You know, your mother never says anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know her as a person.
3: By the way, these candles are burning. Pop, blow out the candles on your birthday cake.
0: Okay. Wait a minute. I got. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I got to look at the back of this coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. Joke candles.
1: Joke <laughs> candles. Steve, thank you so much Steve, for joining this us. this was
2: so good. Thanks, guys.
3: This was fun.
1: This was good. What? Uh, where can people follow you
2: online? And what, what do you have coming up? On all now?
3: the social platforms, I'm just at Steve Agee, all one word. Can and I just the, say
2: real quick that my favorite Steve Agee tweet, tweet is when you're just telling Donald Trump to fuck off.
3: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty much all I do on Twitter now <laughs> is...
1: That's a daily thing.
3: Well, I don't tweet that often and I usually will just go on like maybe once a day for like 10 minutes. And I usually at some point see somebody has retweeted something shitty that Trump has said. Yeah. And I don't like retweeting him to my yeah. feed. I just go to his and just will write fuck off. <laughs> and it's literally because I, I'm under the op- opinion that when you're retweeting, something that Trump has said, and then making a joke or being mean to him, you're really retweeting that to your friends and people who are following you who are already like-minded. Right. I I can't talk shit about Trump in my feed and expect to change any minds because pretty much anyone following me is already like, yeah. Sure. So I like going to his feed (laughs) and trying (laughs) to fuck off. And then like a week later, I'll go look at the replies
1: (laughs) What kind of pushback do you get on that?
3: At this point in time, it's usually a lot of likes. It's it's fairly positive and a couple bots that are like <laughs> go Trump. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, that's definitely a bot. <laughs> uh
1: and is the We're No Doctors podcast still airing?
3: Yeah, I still have Weirdo Doctors. We're about 80 episodes in. Wow. Um uh, busy's occasionally there and um yeah.
2: I I love it so much. I listen to it on planes. I think oh, I've told thanks. you this before because I don't like to fly. It makes me nervous. And hearing you guys...
3: Oh, is that true? Yeah.
2: Hearing you guys I so you, nervous about everything else I used makes to have me a, feel better. I used
3: to have a fear of flying and meditation really helped me. Really? Yeah. As soon as I sit down in my seat on a plane, I just put on my noise-canceling headphones and I just meditate for about 15 minutes.
1: That's smart. but this is all about your medical ailments
3: and okay. you have yeah, it's a podcast a had... medical podcast that busy and I started from you know our our neurotic uh issues with health and and being hypochondriacs and
2: But you guys have like legitimate
3: we, things that it have started happened out too. trying to be funny about us being you know busy having panic attacks and mri machines and <laughs> and then we started having on guests who have actually had strokes or cancer yeah, and yeah. ended up being a, like a helpful podcast which
1: the one with emily gordon was great that was kind of coincided with the release of their yeah, movie, yeah. you know but to get into the real story yeah, yeah. what happened to her I thought that was such a great episode.
2: Check it out, you guys. Yeah, going
1: through all my own
3: medical kidney stone issues. So. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. And then you've also got uh, "You're the Worst." The last season is currently airing. You're, you're in some of those, yeah, right?
3: With Paul F. Tompkins, he abusing really? you. He joined the oh. show this this season for a few episodes. How yeah.
4: fun!
1: And then we shot a drunk history where you have a pull through your head that is one of the craziest fucking I stories can't we've ever wait covered.
3: For that, what, do you know when the? the no, time? I
1: haven't heard when they're airing that one. But it's uh, but you were so great in that and that's, that's I such have so many photos story. that I
3: can't wait to post from that that are I, I don't
1: think I'm allowed to yet <laughs> but it's crazy. about uh, a railroad worker who had a pole went clean through his brain
3: famously yeah uh, uh, there was an explosion on the railroad site and like a railroad pole like just launched through his head and through the out eye clean. socket right came out yeah like right under his cheekbone I think and like came out the top of his head he was completely fine. Lived for another
1: ten years. He
3: became famous. He's he's like studied often in like psychology classes in college Whoa. because his personality changed. For, like he for the became better? like this, this railroad <laughs> worker to like all of a sudden. Hey, let's go get some pussy, guys! Like <laughs> he became like a totally different person, <laughs> and they don't know why. This fucking hole in his head. Like, hey, where's the girls? I'm doing cocaine now. <laughs> Come on, guys! It is insane. It's an insane story. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. <sighs> uh, well, Carla, we're gonna pause. Carla, the- <laughs> Carla, we're gonna, Carla, a- <laughs> Carla,
3: you're on the air.
1: <laughs> we're gonna pause the list for one episode to do our annual pre-Oscar episode oh, where we, annual? this is our best of 2018 list so yep. we'll, we'll do our top 10 movies, our top 10 performances, we'll also make predictions oh, nice. for all of the major Oscar categories Yep. So, uh, so look for the next movie on my list in a few weeks but next week we'll be doing the best of 2018. Ooh. Oh, thanks Steve. Thanks guys.
2: The list is an absolute good.
4: The list his life.